Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 123. Today, we're going to talk about a summer survival guide, how to survive the summer with myself and Carla. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you are thriving, when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields Mindful Mama Mentor. I coach overstressed moms on how to cultivate self-awareness in their daily lives and to take family and life to a new level of peace and cooperation. I've been practicing yoga and mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course and I'm the mom of two girls who challenge me every day to hone my craft. Welcome back. Welcome back, dear listeners. So glad to connect with you again. Has your summer started yet? So as I'm recording this, this is the last day of school for my girls. And they they get out pretty early. But you, you may have kids that are getting out of school in a few weeks. Your kids may not go to school at all. And you might be just kind of transitioning in the summer. Wherever you are, this is definitely a time of transition. And well, maybe unless you're my New Zealander and Aussie friends, shout out, hey mamas and you're transitioning into the winter. But wherever you are, this podcast is about our sort of summer survival guide. And we're going to talk about Carla Nomberg and I are going to give you tips and ideas to help you make the summer fun and beautiful and joyful and help your kids to help you enjoy it, help us all enjoy it. So I hope you really enjoy this episode. It's going to be really great. And I just want to let you know before we dive into the conversation, what's going on for me in my world is that as my kids are home for the summer, I'm going to be continuing to work on my book and do my coaching groups. And I have space for one or two one-on-one coaching clients. And I work with moms over either over three months or six months or a year. And this might be for you if you're frustrated, you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed, and you need someone by your side, you need some help and guidance to help you get grounded, to help you shift and change your mindset, maybe shift and change practices in your life, maybe shift and change your communication with your kids and your partner. And you can check out what other coaching clients have said. It it can make a huge difference in creating these sort of shortcuts 
and in your learning and your growth because the truth is we don't have years and years and years to study and learn on our own. It really makes a huge difference to work with a coach. So that's why I work with coaches. So if this idea is kind of calling to you, singing to you, I invite you to go to mindfulmamamentor.com and check it out and reach out and get in touch with me. We'll, uh, we can have a free clarity session. We'll get together one-on-one. We'll talk about where you are, what's going on, and where you want to be. And that would be really lovely. So just to let you know, that's available. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you if that is for you. So without any further ado, dive into this episode. All right, Carla Nomberg, thank you so much for coming back on the Mindful Mama podcast. Hunter, I love you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so despite the fact that I only drink coffee once a week, I'm glad. I can't. Here. You are going to lose so many listeners because you I just know. said you drink coffee once a week. I, <laughs> I, I don't even know. Hunter's like, I'm sorry, did you guys. have your cup of coffee for the morning? And I'm like, yeah, this is number three, baby. And you're like, I just had my little cup for the week. What? <laughs> God. It makes, That's... I'm too sensitive. It makes me like, I can only handle it once a week because I love it. But I actually had to move down to green tea for most of the other days. I mean, I love my coffee. It tastes great. I feel like a rock star the days I have it, but it's too much for me. I literally can't handle this. You need to build <laughs> up a tolerance. Do you care? If you care, you would work on this. They're like, aren't you a person who talks about like, setting goals and put mind like I feel like you could make this happen if you really cared about your coffee all right I'm gonna rethink my priorities after this should we try to be useful to our listeners today I think I think we should today we're as I've mentioned in the intro we're going to talk about your summer survival guide and actually it's sort of very pertinent the day we're recording this is my daughter's last day of school oh gosh we need a moment of silence for Hunter's sanity (laughs) no one says that's why (laughs) I could still have a week, so I'm like grabbing at every moment that I can be productive. Yeah, that's why we went out for coffee this morning. My husband and I were like, oh, we need to go out for coffee today. This is the last day. Dun, dun, dun. And then they're going to be around all the time. Ah!" But before we dive into this, Carla, please introduce yourself. Oh, thank you. My name is Carla Nomberg. I'm a clinical social worker and an author of two books. The third one I'm currently working with, it's called How to Stop Losing Your Beep with Your Kids. Look, I beeped myself, Hunter. There you go. Did it for you. It's a book about how we parents can stay calm in the face of our children's antics and shenanigans. And I'm super psyched about it. I'm literally writing it right now. I mean, not at this moment because I'm talking to you, but I'm working on it right now. It's going to be a fantastic book. And I live outside of Boston with my husband and two daughters who only have a week left of school. Did I mention that? I feel like I should have like the Jaws theme music for this podcast. Yes. Here come the children. Here come the children. Watch out. Run for your life. So we have a whole list. Carla and I have developed a whole list of helpful hints and tips for getting through the summer. But, and as we kind of dive into this, you have to think about obviously your own life and your own family and depending on how old your kids are and things are going to be changing and different. Sometimes I feel like when they're younger, when they're like babies and toddlers, it just feels like one long season. Like there's not a real summertime, but there is a summertime. We can kind of get into the summer vibe and we're going to encourage you to get into a relaxed summer vibe a little bit here. Don't you think, Carla? Yeah, absolutely. And I, look, I'm struggling with that right now because I'm looking at the next two weeks the two weeks after my kids are out of school before summer camp really ramps up for them. So my kids do go to a day camp for most of the summer while I'm working and we've kind of cobbled stuff together, but I'm feeling the stress of like, how am I going to get work done when I sort of have something planned for them here and something planned for them there, but not really. And I'm just trying to get in this headspace of like, you know what, this is a chance to be chill with my kids. And if I'm not going to be able to get work done, just, I might as well just like let it go, flip the switch, be like, this is kid time. I'm going to go have fun with them. I'm not going to like be obsessing about the work and checking my phone. I'm just going to accept like, this is what it is and like be psyched. So we should talk again in a month and see how that actually went for me, (laughs) but that's my goal. So yeah. So these are like some summer survival tips. And the one thing I want to say to parents is as you're listening to this, 
take a minute to really think about what, what is your style? Because some of the things we are suggesting require like some planning ahead and some like organizing and being really sort of intentional about it. And for some parents, that's going to work for you, like having a schedule or making a plan. And other parents really are like, I don't know, let's just wake up in the morning and see what we feel like doing. And both of those are totally fine. And so don't stress out if you feel like we're making suggestions that you're like, oh God, I have to do that. No, none of this is a have to list. It's all just wanting to be like helpful and make your summer more fun. And if you are a parent who works all summer, as many, many parents do, and your kids are off at camp and stuff, this may still be useful for you because summer does have a very different vibe. So please don't like shut off the podcast if you're like, people, I'm not home with my kids this summer because that's okay. There's still a lot of useful stuff. Absolutely. And I really want to second what Carla said. The idea of, as we start to talk about some of these things, is that sometimes we we get into this place of resistance where we're like, oh, I should be working, but I'm not right now. And we're resisting where we are in actuality in the present moment. And yes. the Zen tradition has a wonderful saying that can really help you in those moments, which I really love, which is just this. And, you know, you can use just this as a mantra and just the idea is whatever you're doing, just 100% do that thing. Let yourself immerse yourself in that thing. If you're being completely distracted from your work, just acknowledge, okay, I can't do that right now. And then completely do that. And then as much as you're able, of course, I know that we get distracted and pulled in many, so many different directions. Just try to do that, that one thing, you know, just this, like, okay, I'm at the pool now reading a magazine or I'm at the pool and I'm holding the child and, and they're in the the baby pool and I'm making sure they don't drown. Okay. (laughs) Just this, just this. So the first thing we wanted to offer you is this idea to, to just simply start the conversation, like have a, start the summer with a conversation with your family, like just ask. And this is really important because all kids Kids, like we parents think we have to solve every single problem in our family and like we have to carry the whole load and the honest truth is like that we don't and and our kids, they really need a sense of, of power and autonomy in their lives just as we do and we can just have this conversation with our family and just ask them, what do you want to do this summer? what do I want to do this summer? Think about what's on your bucket list, right? And like, so you guys can have some ideas ready about what you might like to do. Like I know my kids will really like to go to uh, the Philadelphia Folk Festival in the summer. And so we just check it out. We see when the data is, you know, have these ideas ready. But then the other part of this is don't be beholden to them. So don't have these ideas ready, but then explain to your kids, okay, well, we may not get to everything, but these are awesome ideas. Let's see what we can do, you know, without maybe squeezing in a a free schedule. Do you have this kind of conversation with your kids, Carla? Yes, we do actually. And for us, it's been a lot around, the conversations we've had so far have been a lot around like camps and picking which day camps they're going to go to. But yes, we definitely do. And I love this idea. I love this idea of talking with your kids and really making it a family plan, not only because then I think it reduces anxiety in in us parents of like, oh, what are we going to do? But it really helps the kids sort of step up in this role in their family that, you know, we are not here 100% to entertain you or to solve all your problems. Like we want you to step up and do some thinking too. Now, the one thing I would say is it might make sense if you have a parenting partner to connect with them before you have the conversation for a couple of reasons. One is if there is, you know, the transition from the end of the school year into the summer. And again, this does apply a little bit more to slightly older kids, like maybe preschool, preschool age and up. It's a great time to change up some habits, start some new routines, kind of change the rules a little bit because there is this natural transition happening. So if you're feeling either not great about some habits your family has fallen into, and it happens to all of us, maybe something having to do with screen time or meal prep or around food or chores, you have this natural transition right now to be like, hey, summer's here. We're going to change things up a little bit. So that family conversation may be a really good time to have that conversation with your kids and to get them involved in the, in the troubleshooting. So you don't really want to go with them with like, Hey kids, we're totally going to steal your little tablets out of your hand all summer. Have fun with that because that will make them super anxious, but you can talk to them about your concerns or your plan. So I think having a little conversation with your parenting partner before you jump into the family conversation is a great idea. 
And some of the things that Hunter and I had brainstormed that you might want to bring up with your family is in addition to sort of changing up habits or starting new routines, some ideas. Is this a good time for me to jump into some ideas, Hunter? Yeah, I think this is a great, uh, yeah. And you know what, what you're saying about like, talk to your family and talk to your partner about these things beforehand. We're not going to do all these things perfectly. Like I'm terrible. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, like you guys should, you know, Maggie, you should start to mow the lawn this summer. And sorry, you can weed while Maggie knows the lawn. I tend to be like a lot of moms, like really on the kind of controlling side. And I have to remember to kind of step back and like, let it be a conversation, you know, like, oh, yeah, needing this help outside. But yeah, let's jump into those tips. Absolutely. I mean, my favorite thing to do really is wait until I'm really stressed out and pissed off and then snap (laughs) at the girls about how they're going to do more chores. And then they get all anxious and freak out. And then I never actually follow through on it. So if any of you moms (laughs) and dads are like, what? Just know we are not perfect at this. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. We are supported by Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math Mysteries About True Histories. It's a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. I highly recommend this podcast. It is really wonderful, especially if you have kids like around like six plus, but it can totally be enjoyed by the whole family. So I listened to the episode, The Pirate Queen, and you're just dropped right in the middle of the action. People are fighting. There's sword fight. And then these kids, they've gone on a time travel mission and they have to solve problems in the midst of it. And it really just like exemplifies everything we support here at Mindful Parenting. You know, kids who are adventurous, doing things on the world, they're capable. And then they do things like they have to do math, they have to think critically, they have to code break and pattern solving and all this great stuff. Beyond just the Pirate Queen episode, which I highly recommend, episodes transport listeners to moments in history, too, like Pythagoras, Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. So jump in with your family. Follow the adventures of Max and Molly on an adventure through time with puzzles and hidden equations and laughs. And it really does make learning really fun and really cool. Perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids, and you can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That's Mysteries About True Histories. So ideas for things like you can do this summer. I have a friend who picks a theme every summer. This is adorable and I love it. And I would totally never do it because it requires to have my (laughs) acting gear far more than I do. But last summer she decided that the theme of the summer was teaching her kids to cook. And I love this. And they actually did it. And they, their kids learned all, they spent a lot of time over the summer. And this is a working mom whose kids are in day camp, but they spent a lot of time cooking together and it was awesome. I would never do that. But you know, well, maybe not never. But it's highly cool. Did they watch? Isn't that great? Did they watch a Great British Baking Show while they did that? Because I I actually think they did watch some cooking shows. Because Great British Baking Show is a super awesome family show, by the way. Yeah, it comes on in the summer. Just so yeah, (laughs) no, yeah, yeah, great. We live in Massachusetts, so whaling was a big part of the Massachusetts culture for a long time. So I had another friend who her kids got really into whaling, and so they went to a whaling museum and she got all these books and these activities. And, you know, so if you want to do a theme for the summer, that might be time to pick one. 
one of the things you could do, and your kids are not going to love this, but that's okay, is the thing could be like getting your kids more involved with helping out around the house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't want to do chores, but the truth is chores are really good for kids. It helps them feel empowered, helps them feel like an engaged and needed part of the family, and they may grumble about it, but everybody grumbles about chores. Who cares? So maybe, and this is something I have not been great at. So this is one of my goals for this summer is like getting my kids more involved in the chores. <laughs> Yay. That my Other, kids, by the way, like it better when I call them responsibilities <gasps> rather than chores. Oh my gosh. I love that. You know, because then we, we have the privileges and then we have responsibilities. And when we talk to them about the responsibilities, you know, we all, I always talk about it from like. I'm going to be working this summer. You're going to have a lot more time. You know, we need help. And this, you're part of the family. This is how we do it. And as you know, Carla, like responsibilities and chores are, you said it's, you know, it's actually good for kids, but it it actually is really good for kids. I mean, research has shown it. I'm going to be taught, you guys are going to be hearing a wonderful Julie Lithcott Hames on this podcast in a couple of weeks. She wrote a wonderful book called How to Raise an Adult. She's a big deal, folks. Listen up to that one. She's a big deal. She's pretty amazing. And she talks yeah. about a study, like the longest longitudinal study maybe ever done, this Harvard something or other study. and Blah, 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 Harvard study. Something or other Harvard <laughs> study. Anyway, one of the biggest predictors of doing well in life was actually when kids did chores when they were younger. And I thought this was really interesting as far as success, because I think she talked about the idea that it, it teaches that you contribute, you help out, you know, all of those things, like it, it teaches unselfishness and all that stuff. So, so chores are actually like the real deal. Good for your kids. They really help them do well in life. And I think chores are one of those things that for many of us parents, because and by the way, every time I have one of these conversations, I think about my great grandmother, who was this woman who was in like the Oklahoma land rush. And I have this picture of her and she's like sitting on the front stoop of this log cabin looking like a giant angry bullfrog, honestly, which does not bode well for my future. But, and I, I'm like, I think about like, if my great grandmother could hear this conversation being like, you should really consider getting your kids to help out around the house. She'd be like, are you kidding me? The only reason I gave birth to these little monsters is so that they could like start working. The I mean, it's just, a, it blows my mind how much society has changed even over just the past like 20 years or so. Like when I was a kid, there was no question I was doing chores. I did so many chores. Like it was just part of the deal. And so, I don't know, that was just a little side note. But yes, huge fan of chores. So if you're you're not sure where to start with the chores, just Google, like chore list for kids. There's so many out there. People who have done the work of talking about sort of developmentally age appropriate chores for kids. But I love this one. So so what chores are you going to have your kids do? They're going to start being the ones who feed the cats and taking the cat for a walk. Yeah, I just said that. We, <laughs> we have two cats and one of them is really obsessed about being outside. And we live on a street that's kind of busy and there's coyotes in our neighborhood and I'm not really comfortable just letting her out. So they're going to have to walk the cat this summer. That's, that's, a, that's a thing. <laughs> I think they can unload most of the dishwasher. That's a thing they're going to start doing. And let's see, I'm trying to think about other chores. We have a stackable washer and dryer. So I need to drag a tiny stool into our tiny laundry room. And then they will start doing their own laundry this summer, I think is the other one. Because there's no reason they can't do it. Yeah, my oldest does her own laundry. And my problem with my youngest is that she cares so little about kind of clothes and things that she has great resistance to me teaching her how to fold. The oldest is like really... uh, Why are you folding laundry? (laughs) What? Oh gosh. Am I not supposed to publicly admit that like my kids never, ever, ever fold clothes? We don't fold clothes. Yes. Yes. I fold my clothes occasionally. My husband, like this is the last person I would expect this. He went all Marie Kondo on my shirts and like slides them in vertically. I fold them. He doesn't like to fold shirts. I fold his shirts and then he slides them in vertically in his drawer. And I was like, who is this man? That's what um, I do, Carla. Of course you do. <laughs> I never thought I'd be that person. And then I read Marie Kondo's book a few years ago. And now like, I don't even let Bill fold my laundry. Like if he wants to, like if he folds it, I refold it in the Marie Kondo way because it's the long way to do it. I'm so you, you miss out on the joy that is like <laughs> rubbing your hands around and swirling them in your drawer in frustration because you can't find the shirt you want, which is what I do every morning. No, I will tell, and I tell my coaching clients this all the time, 
I really don't see a reason to fold kids clothes unless you really want to have that battle. So what happens is just to be straight up, like with everybody, they're all cotton target clothes come out of the dryer. They get sorted into two laundry baskets, which sit at the end of our bed for like two weeks. And the girls wander in our room and get their clothes and then wander out and wear them. And about once every three weeks, my husband's like, why do they have to keep coming in here? So we get it together and they put their clothes in the drawer, not folded. Because the reality is every time they go in the drawer to get clothes out, they, they make a giant mess, mess of it. So why am I going to fold it? So look, maybe there are those of you who are horrified that's and that's point. fine. You are welcome to, but hopefully there are others of you who are like, oh, freedom. So I yep. think I'm singing the freedom song. I think I'm going to just abandon the let's let my youngest like have the messy clothes. And I have a tip for you actually. Is yeah, that what we it. do is that uh, we figure out whose clothes are and I just dump them on the floor of the room. They're clean uh. clothes. And so, so then they either have to live with all the clothes, the clean clothes dumped on the floor of their room, or they put them away. So, so I'd love a that. very natural consequence that they, they do tend to put their clothes away because they, they kind of want to hang in their rooms a little bit. So I have one kid who would like immediately leap into action and fold her clothes and put them away. And then I have the other kid who'd be like, where is my yeah. laundry? I wear, I don't know where my clothes are. Where are my clothes? Why is this happening to me? God help me. Okay, so chores. 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 Okay, but there's there's more. I want to talk about more things that you can work on for the summer. One thing I've talked about, I think we've talked about before, Hunter, is showstoppers. So, Mm. you know, in the summer, we want to be a little bit more flexible. We want to keep some structure, but we want to, like, chill a little bit. And the thing I encourage families to think about is what are your showstoppers? So what are those aspects of your family's structure or self-care that the folks in your family need in order to stay healthy and functional. And this changes over time. So you kind of got to be aware of your kids. For a long time for us, it was sleep. My kids could space out in front of a screen. They could eat whatever crap they wanted and they were fine. But if we messed with their sleep within two days, they were sick. And so I became like obsessive, like crazy mama about sleep because I don't want my kids to be sick. That is starting to change a little bit. We can flex on their sleep a little bit more. And now I'm finding that if they spend more than about 20 minutes in front of the screen at a time, they get really cranky. So Mm. thank the Lord for Netflix where they can watch an entire show in like 23 minutes without commercials and then get off the screen. So as you're thinking about the awesome sort of flexibility and chill of summer, which I hope you can get some of, please also think about your showstoppers and the things that even if you're on vacation even, you know, if the weather's awesome, you just want to be outside that you really need to try to maintain so that your family doesn't completely go over a cliff. Think about what those are for you too. Yes. You know, like Different for everyone. Think about them for your kids, but what are they for you? I maintain oh, yeah. my meditation practice. I make sure I get exercise sometimes in the summer. If it's like really stinking hot outside and we feel kind of stuck inside because of the heat of Delaware is so much. I actually, sometimes my kids do the seven minute workout with me, which is like a little workout you can do in seven minutes. It's on the, you know, Alexa thing, or you can get an app or whatever. And we've done different things like as far as kind of what do you need every day? And we talk about what each person needs every day. Like, because we think about summer, you want to think about having some structure, having some rhythm, but not being too rigid. Right. So in like for us in the morning, They have a little more screen time in the summer. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but that's a privilege. And before they do that privilege, we have to take care of ourselves. This is the way we talk about, you know, take care of our bodies, take care of our responsibilities, take care of the house and each other. So, you know, they have to eat before they do their screen time. (laughs) They have to like, even in the summer, they have to brush their teeth. Make them pee. Yeah, exactly. Like they have to get outside. I'd say you have to go outside and play for like 10 minutes before you can have your screen time. Kind of like take care of your body, eat some food. You have to take care of your responsibilities. And for my girls, that includes like might include putting away the dishes. They also feed the cats and things like that. So when they they come to me with the iPad wanting me to punch in that little code, I say, okay, have you done X, Y, and Z, you know? And so this gives me a moment of pause to say, have you done these things? And then giving them that space. So, you know, just still basically kind of having breakfast around the same time, lunch around the same time, and then getting kind of thinking about those non-negotiables. Like we still have to exercise. We still have to eat our vegetables and eat breakfast. You know, we still have to, right. you know, for me, I still need to do my meditation. I still need to do my yoga and things like that. Yeah. Those yeah. showstoppers are non-negotiables. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And, you know, you talked about sort of getting everything done around the house and, and screen time. And we'll talk about screen time in a minute, but I do want to take a moment to talk about some ideas for getting your family out of the house. And again, yeah. this may be for some families only on the weekends, for other families, you know, it may be in between camp days or something, but I, we thought of a few ideas. One is just get them outside as often as possible. And I, I have to say when I was a younger parent, like a newer parent, I felt really shamed by parents who were always telling me to get my kids outside because at that point when the kids were little, it felt really hard. Like we lived in the house without a yard and it felt, I had two kids under the age of two and it felt very insurmountable. And it was like, stop freaking pushing me to get my kids outside. Having said that, now that my kids are a little bit older and it's a little bit more doable, I really have become a total convert. And we are fortunate. I recognize that we have a backyard in a neighborhood where I feel comfortable saying, get out, (laughs) just go outside. And I don't care what they do. And sometimes they end up just like collecting sticks and making a big pile of them in my driveway, which I later snap at them about because I drive over them and it's fine. But what, like the point is, if you can get your kids outside, you know, and going to the same park every day is fine. Going to a playground, going out in the yard, like it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be fancy or awesome or special. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but just getting outside. I feel like de-stresses, gives people some fresh air, kind of changes the mindset. And even if they're like, it's boring out there, that's fine. Let them be bored. Who cares? I spent a lot of my childhood being bored. It's a great, first of all, not only is it a great skill to have because like boredom is a fact of life, so just get used to it. But also, you know, when kids get bored, eventually they figure out something creative to do. And if they never have a chance to be bored, they never develop those sort of resiliency skills to work through their boredom and figure out how to deal with it. They're always looking for someone to entertain them. So get your kids outside and let them be bored. That's the thing. Yes, yes, yes. Actually, they did some study in, and you know, we know how important nature is for all of us. Like it, it really just soothes the brain. Like this is our original home, right? And they did some study in England and they discovered that maximum security prison inmates in England have more outside time than children. Oh, in, in because oh, by law, breaking, that's not where I expected you to go with that. It's so oh. sad, right? By law, they have to have like 60 or 90 minutes a day or something like that. So oh. uh, this is just something to think about. Like this is important for our development and, and things like that. And I really want to ditto what you said about that boredom and things like that. When we go into summer, you know, you are not your child's entertainer. It's okay for them to be bored. It's good for them to be bored. In fact, my husband and I joke about this all the time that we need to start a hashtag screen-free Sunday kind of thing because, so we do a screen-free Sunday every week and the projects that come out of my children, like (laughs) you'd be amazed at what they do and what they create every Sunday. It's like, oh my gosh, look, because they don't have this option, they've started to be really creative. And Kim Payne, author of Simplicity Parenting. He teaches- Love that book. Love that book. So great. And, and he was a guest on the podcast last year. So you guys can check that out. Just search for it. I think it, actually the easiest way is just to Google Mindful Mama Kim Payne. Anyway. Payne, um, P-A-Y-N-E. Yes. And so he teaches to say to your kids, like, be really repetitive and just say something to do is right around the corner. And I use this and it's really like gold. Something to do is right around the corner. And then they're like, but mom, and I'm like, something to do is right around the corner. And they kind of complain about it. But if, as I become sort of a broken record there, they find me boring. So they go, they go find something else to do. And all this creativity ensues, or they just read a book or whatever, you know, it's good for them to be bored. Absolutely. You're nicer than I am when my kids complain about being bored. I'm like, great, go clean up your room. Great, put away your laundry. And then they're like, uh, step away. And then they figure out something to do. So yes, so getting your kids outside. Many communities have lots of free activities during the summer. And for many of us, we don't find out about them until it's too late. So if you are a planner, you know, pull out your calendar, do a little Googling, you know, talk to your other parenting friends, find the free activities, especially if you live near a big city or anything, just, you know, there's, you mentioned the Philadelphia street fair and sometimes they have concerts and we live outside of Boston. There's a ton. So if you can find some free activities, a lot of times, so I'm like obsessed with my public library. And so I just want to give a shout out to the public libraries. They do a lot of activities at libraries. And one of the things that we do on rainy days when I need to get work done 
is I take the girls, we go over to the kids section. I pull out my laptop and my headphones because mm. kids' voices are distracting. I sit at a table and do work and my kids just sort of roam around the kids section. Hmm. so like check out the library sometimes they show movies maybe you know it's more fun to go with screen for free libraries in some communities at least in boston they will have like free passes to local museums that you can reserve ahead of time Hmm. and so just spend a little time oh and the other favorite thing i love about the library is there are apps free apps that you can download like hoopla and a few other ones where you can borrow ebooks and audiobooks for free from your library and download them to your phone. Now my kids, I don't have them on ebooks yet. We still read paper books, but we download a lot of audiobooks. So for the summer road trip, or if your kids are just, if it's a rainy day and they're bored, like go and audiobooks otherwise can be quite expensive. So if you go talk to your local librarian, ask them if they have a relationship with any of these apps and then download it and get yourself some free audiobooks and check them out. So that's another option for the summer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of local museums will have like a pay what you want day. And yes. you sh- you guys the movie theaters are like usually re- often ridiculously expensive on Tuesdays, I guess cuz a lot expensive? of people don't go to this uh, inexpensive, sorry. Inexpensive. On Tuesdays because I guess it's like kind of the down day for movies, so you can go to the movies. But yeah, absolutely. I I second the audiobooks because they're such a great tool and there's a lot of great kids podcasts. And we've talked about this <gasps> this podcasts. before, but there are great kids podcasts out there. There's the there's the Rebel Girls podcast. There's you know, there's a whole bunch of really good ones. What's the one I'm thinking of the NPR one that my daughter Um you are thinking of Wow in the World. Wow. Yeah. which we are obsessed with and I laugh out loud too. And they just this week announced that they're doing a new podcast with Highlights Magazine where they're taking some of the characters like Goofus and Gallant and Ask Arizona, Ask Arizona and some of these other characters. They also said that they're going to do, you know, the like search for the image, search for the picture in the picture. Oh yeah, search and find. They, yeah, search and, they said they're going to do that with sounds, which actually sounds terrible to me. Like, are they going to play a bunch of awful noises? <laughs> I have to pick out the noises. Like, but the rest of it sounds awesome. So there's going to be a new NPR podcast. It's actually by Tinkercast, I think. That's like, it's called Highlights Something. And they're launching that soon. So, but wow in the world is amazing. I crack up every time. Oh, Story so. Pirates is great. Yes, people love story pirates. The kids write the stories and they act out the stories, which is so cool. They absolutely love that. By the way, this is so funny. My oldest daughter, who is, it's amazing. She was like the most difficult, intense (laughs) toddler and child. And things have turned around so much. But anyway, she loves Wow in the World and she was listening to Wow in the World. And now she's taking, so I take uh, like cod liver oil capsules, (laughs) you know, because it's- They did a whole thing on fish. They did a whole thing on it. Now she's- Fish oil. She just, she started taking like one of my cod liver oil capsules, like, you know, maybe four mornings ago. She's like, mom, mommy, I think I'm sleeping better because I'm taking my cod liver oil capsules. I was like, okay, great. That's adorable. It's so great. Yeah, but, but definitely audiobooks are such a great alternative to movies and screens. So let's, let's dive into screens because I think audiobooks are a great option for that and podcasts because they're, your kids are really using their brains or to create the picture there. It's, it's more like reading. And when you think about summer, obviously, you know, there's a lot more time for screen time. And for my kids, they get more screen time because they don't have school. So they get an hour of screen time every day that they get to play with, except on Sundays that, you know, it's screen-free Sunday. So that's the way we kind of play with it in, in our family. And that seems to be, have been working, although I'm going to see if they're super grumpy after 20 minutes. We can check on that now. But you want to limit this, have some, speaking about this being a natural transition time and a time for change of habits, if you've gotten into some habits, bad habits with screens, this might be a great time to revise that and talk about why you want to revise that and different things like that. So there's some rules that you might want to implement. You might want to have no devices at the table is a great one. You want it's, you know, to help your kids learn how to, oh my gosh, Julie Lithgott-Hames and How to Raise an Adult talks about these kids going to Stanford who can't converse with other people. And I can imagine why, because, you know, they don't have this 
moment, these opportunities to do this at, at meals often. So it's okay if they feel awkward, let them converse at the table. And and you might want to limit screen times in the evening because the light can interrupt their sleep and their circadian rhythms. So my husband's had hair thinning issues for years, for a long time. It's not something he'd love to have, and he's done some things for it. But recently started using Nutrafol, and oh my gosh, we have actually seen quite a difference. Did you know that for women, hair thinning happens in approximately one in two women? And if you're among them, I want you to know that you're definitely not alone. It's normal, but it's not openly talked about and going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. But you can join over one million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding, like my honey. Physician formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supplements support healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, including stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism as they evolve throughout a woman's life. And while many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol's women's hair growth supplement for six months. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription required, free shipping, and automated deliveries to ensure you'll never miss a day. See results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code MINDFULPARENTING. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code MINDFULPARENTING. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code Mindful Parenting. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Any other thoughts and and things about kind of creating a family media plan for the summer? Yeah. So I, I recently wrote a blog post about this on my mindful parenting blog on Psych Central, but... I think, first of all, you know, talking to your parenting partner about this and coming up with a plan that you all think would work and presenting that to your kids. And I think it it is acceptable to take some thoughtful feedback and consider it, but this is really a situation where I really actually think it's less of a democratic conversation than other ones might be, because I think kids really need us to set some limits and they're not able to do it for themselves. And there's a great documentary called Screenagers that really looks at this if you want to check it out. So I actually think this is one where you, the parents, get to decide what works for your family. And I really want to emphasize that different options work for different families. And the most extreme example of this was there was a gentleman, I I apologize, I do not remember the name of the book or the author's name, but he wrote a book about his, his very highly autistic son. And there was an excerpt in the New York Times a couple of years ago about how this boy essentially learn to communicate by watching Disney movies over and over and over again. And in that case, giving this boy excessive screen time was a very skillful choice for that family. And so I want to step away again from the good and bad and think about 
skillful. Is this working for your family? Is this bringing you closer to your goals? And if your goal is to have your kid get really good at screen time, yeah, let them have a lot of screen time. But, or if there's some other benefit, but for my family, you know, my goal is to have my kids be able to function in a world without screens and to be able to tolerate boredom and tolerate uncomfortable feelings and communicate and blah, 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 all that stuff. So I think that, you know, I love the scheduling that Hunter talked about in our family. We also don't use screen times from Friday night to Saturday night. And so our kids know that. And then, you know, the way it's been so far is that they get to watch one like 20 minute TV show a couple of days a week. And maybe on the weekends, on Sundays, they can have like half an hour of iPad time if they want to play Minecraft or something, or we sometimes watch a movie. Now, for us, this works because it's kind of self-preservation because as I mentioned, my kids get very cranky with more than say half an hour, 20 minutes of screen time. And, And I want to say that when they are sick or when we are traveling, they can just binge. They can have all the screen time they want. I don't care. Like just lay there and melt your little brains. It's fine. So And obviously for special events or something like when the Olympics were on, we actually watched the Olympics at the dinner table because that was how the timing worked. So I I do have flexibility in this. Speaking of your screen time, Carla, I saw, I was getting up early to head somewhere on the morning of the the royal wedding and I happened to put on Facebook and I saw your picture of you with your fascinators with your kids and stuff and I was like, oh, I forgot that's on right now. I happen to be awake. So I got to check it out. So thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. I broke fun. every rule for the royal wedding. I woke my kids up on a weekend at like 6 a.m. And my husband was like, keep me out of this, you crazy woman. And we just watched like five hours of screen time that morning. But we were wearing fascinators, so it was fine. So, yeah, be flexible. But the, the thing you have to realize, two points I want to make to parents. One is we need to start with ourselves. So if you are a parent who watches a lot of TV and just has it on in the background all the time, it's going to be hard for you to set those limits with your kids. If you're always staring at your phone, and this is something I struggle with a lot, it's, it's harder to set those limits with your kids. So the most powerful thing you can do is start with yourself. You know, the only time the TV that my husband and I watch TV is one hour at night. We pick some Netflix show and we work our way through it an hour every night. We have not broken our streak. I'm very proud of us. But I struggle with my phone. That's my practice is working on putting down my phone. So start with yourself. Figure out like, where are you watching too much screen time? And the other thing is that realize that the the transition period is going to be rough. If your kids have been on screens a lot, it's going to be like ripping off a really painful bandaid for days and weeks on end while their brains and everything transitions to not staring at screens. So you're going to have to be showing up more for your kids during that period and really working with them to help them figure out other activities, to set out the Legos, to get them going on a puzzle, to work on them with a game, to go out and shoot hoops, whatever it is, you're going to have to show up more because they are trying to figure out that transition. And in some ways that's even an ongoing thing. Like my kids have never gotten a huge amount of screen time. And yet for whatever reason in the past month or so, they've been asking for it a lot more. And I've had to really step in and be like, no, let's go outside and play. No, I will read you a book. And so the truth is that there are times, it's not, I don't want to pretend it's like this super easy thing to be like, (laughs) just stay off your screen, go be bored, it's fine. Carl and Hunter said it'll work. Like, (laughs) it doesn't always work that way. And there are times when I can say to my kids, you know, if they've slept, if I fed them enough food, if they're not anxious or cranky, if the stars have aligned, you know, that I can say to them, no screens, and they're fine with it. But then there are other times when I'm like, no screens, and they can't handle it because they're tired or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I actually have to parent them, which I find vaguely annoying, but I'm willing to do it. So you may need to engage with your kids to keep them off the screens. I don't want to pretend like this is a super easy thing. The other one small thing I want to say is that I struggle with iPad time as opposed to TV time only because TV shows have a natural ending. Mm-hmm. Like 20 minutes, the show is over, turn it off. You can watch one show, you can watch two shows, you can watch four shows, but when it's over, it's over. And iPad time, those games never die. And mm-hmm. so... That is just a conversation to have with your kids ahead of time and say, look, you can have 30 minutes of screen time. I will give you a five minute warning at 25 minutes. And that warning is you have five minutes, start to wrap up the game. And then at 29 minutes, you got to turn it off or 30, whatever. But I would just talk with the kids ahead of time about what is your plan for letting go of this game after 30 minutes when there's not a natural ending. And, yeah, and they need yeah. coaching. They need yeah. coaching and, and need help through that because it, and, and you know, we need to, we need to also 
practice to be understanding too. Sometimes our, our expectations of kids are so much higher than they are for like other human beings. Like if you imagine for some reason, you, you know, you had a, there was some limit like on uh, a roommate that you had who was an adult and you had to say, use the iPad next, that we often wouldn't be as rude <laughs> with an adult. As oh, we I totally would. Kids. If it was in, my roommate, yeah. <laughs> in those moments. But most of us, except for Carla, wouldn't be as rude to another roommate. Thank you, Hunter. <laughs> no, but I will say. But just to keep that in mind, like as you're communicating with your kids, like just don't be a pushover. Don't be a hard ass. Walk that middle path realizing that your kid's also another human being and you don't have to be mean and rude to them as we're creating this boundary. Right. Because they have a lot of resistance against that, that just the way we talk to kids sometimes. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's screen time. Should we jump into some of our like yes. littler tips? Yes, yes, absolutely. I want to I want to share these wonderful. I got found these little sort of summer safety tips. I love this. This is Maureen brilliant. Lebeau, and she writes about safety for different ages for kids and and I thought this was really just helpful to share. And so I think as a culture we can kind of go overboard on safety a little bit. So this is this really helps to kind of help us understand what safety is. It doesn't mean our kids are never going to have you know, mistakes and fall and, and things like that. That's not our job as parents is to keep them in a complete bubble. But anyway, safety for toddlers keeps them from hurting themselves as they start to venture out into their own physical world. So you're basically keeping them in that physical safety place. You're watching out for where they're going, creating healthy boundaries and limits for their physical world. You know, making sure that they they can't grab things that will hurt them, that all the things that they can touch are, are fine, all that stuff. Safety for preschool kids allows them to imitate what they learn and use their imagination while keeping them in reality when it counts. I like this. So imitate what they learn. You know, this is a golden age for having the play kitchen and cutting the food and things like that. And then keeping them in reality when it counts. You know, that's kind of just like helpfully setting those limits and, you know, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to really cook on the stove, perhaps maybe something like that. I'm not sure. How do you interpret how keeping them in reality when it counts, Scarla? <laughs> I mean, like, I think reality for preschoolers really for me is about sort of safety and transitions. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I think about keeping them physically safe and then reminding them that they need to come out of whatever game or fantasy land yeah. they're in because it is time to transition to going to bed or but I also think, and the, the last thing I would say is about sort of teaching them how to be functional members of society. So mm. to whatever degree, for example, you feel strongly that they sit at the table and not throw their food mm-hmm. or, you know, you have to sit in this car seat and I'm sorry that you're throwing a fit about it, but that's what I think about that sort of yeah. safe, functional, I mean, to the extent that they can be functional members of society. <laughs> And then for school-age kids, it's giving them guidelines for how far they can venture out just physically, but also socially. And, you know, when I think about that for my kids, you know, we had a guideline on our street, like, because we have a very safe street that they can kind of run around on. It's a cul-de-sac. So, you know, they had a guideline from they went, they could go up to the speed bump and out to there, you know, the kind of these you know, physical guidelines for, for how far they can go. You know, when my kids were, they're big tree climbers and I'm good with that. I'm fine with that. They, sometimes I would just kind of be below and spot them. And sometimes I would say to them like, okay, I feel really scared you stand on top of the monkey bars. <laughs> so go there, but please don't stand on top of the monkey bars or whatever that is for you, you know, creating those physical guidelines and then social guidelines may be depend on play dates and things like that. And then safety for teenagers, keeping them from situations that will require them to make judgments they're not ready for yet. So there are a whole bunch of situations with that, right? Obviously that we want to think about, and it may include where they're staying overnight, where they're not staying overnight, where they're traveling, who they're being with, and all those things. I'm never letting my teenager leave the house. Never. Never, ever. And we have a few other quick little tips as well, as far as yeah. and things like that. I mean, look, the bug spray thing is controversial, but I'm going to talk about bug spray. And I will just share our family's take on this, and people can do with it what they want. And I hope you don't get a bunch of angry emails. We DEET our kids. We use the straight up 
DEET style bug spray, and I'll tell you why. We live in Massachusetts, which is crazy tick town, and there are ticks all over the place. And I tick check my kids every night, but Lyme disease is scary. And I have a family member who's been very, very sick for years with it. And ticks carry a range of other diseases. And if you want to keep yourself up at night, go read about that. And DEET is very well studied over years, and it really absolutely keeps away the bugs. And so my husband and I did a lot of research on this and made an informed decision that we're going to deet our kids in the morning and then we bathe them every night. And that the potential impact of DEET, which seems incredibly low based on the research we've seen, is way less than the impact of some horrible disease they could get from a tick. So whatever you do, please be smart about bugs because getting a kid, like you don't want your kids to, if ticks are a problem where you live, please educate yourself. I think Melinda Moyer, M-O-Y-E-R, does some great writing about this for kids, other ways to keep your kids safe. But just be thoughtful about ticks. Learn how to do tick checks. I have to put out my PSA about that. Having said that, let your kids get dirty. Let them get dirty, dirty, dirty. And the latest in the new like research, which I think of as fear-mongering research, a study just came out where it does seem to be that kids who grow up in hyper-sanitized environments may be at a greater risk to develop cancer later in life. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And yeah, and they, they linked it to, I think, allergies and like recently leukemia. Wow, so wow. like the reality is just let them get dirty. My kids go to a day camp where one of the activities is called Mud City and it's a giant mud pit. <laughs> Literally, that's all it is. Go get in the mud pit. And if you're wearing like loose sandals, you will never see them again. So please do not like make them wash their hands after they go to the bathroom every time. Make them wash their hands. I, I, I actually read an article in the New York New York Times a few years ago by an immunologist who was like, I only make my kids wash their hands if they've gone to the bathroom, if we've been in a very busy indoor public space like a museum, or if they're visibly dirty. Mm -hmm. So he does not make his kids wash their hands every single time they come in from outside. And I don't either. So please... I'm you with know, you on that. Like, yeah. let, let the kids be dear. We actually, you know, we're learning more and more about, we have to protect our microbiome, like our gut bacteria, that bacteria on our skin. That's right. We're even talking about that. I saw like a fashion magazine that said like, oh, people are over scrubbing and overdoing on their skin. And actually there's a microbiome on your skin that needs to be, yeah. you know, all this stuff. So we're seeing it in all the different places that the way we sort of naturally developed is, you know, being in, in the dirt of the world is, is good for us. Yeah. Send them outside. Let them get Send dirty. them outside. You know, let them be dirtier than normal, but definitely check for ticks. Yeah. And I'm on the other side of the D issue. <laughs> yes. Share the other side. No, this is we, important to share both sides. Really we, important. Actually, I have my father ha- is suffering from Lyme disease too. Oh, so, sorry. you know, but also my mother, yeah. my mother suffered from breast cancer and I just, I'm very conscious of the chemical load we kind of hold in our bodies yes. and all the different things. So for our family, we choose not to do that, but we also do check for ticks every night. I mean, we live in the woods. They just drop down out of the trees. We're very- Ugh, They're <laughs> awful. I hate them. So Hunter, here's a question though. Do you put any sort of natural organic bug repellent on your kids? Yeah. If the bugs are bothering them, we do. Okay. Yeah. If the bugs are bothering them, we do do a natural bug repellent, but we just pick off the ticks. And we're very, we're, we're used to checking for them and looking for them and, and we kind of pick them off. Yeah, I know. The whole thing really is kind of freaky. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'll look into your deep research. You know, but Hunter, here's what I will say. And here's what I want our listeners to hear. Do what works for your family. Yeah, please, exactly. please. I think Hunter's right. And I think I'm right. And that's the obnoxious part about parenting is that like, it's both right. How are you supposed to know? I don't know. <laughs> and our final tips are just like keep your kids hydrated. We, you know, we want to remember this for our children. It leads to cranky kids. And also like No, no, dehydration de- leads to cranky. Dehydration. Thank you. Yeah. Always keep snacks with you. I always keep like salted roasted almonds in the car. And I, I think snack time is a brilliant time to get your kids eating really healthy food because they're really hungry. So like I always have like I often have like put out the, the carrots, the cucumbers the peppers right before dinner when they're hungry and they eat like a ton of them then. It's like a great time to let them fill up on that because it doesn't really fill them up that much. But I totally agree. Love it. You know, and also don't become a short order cook in the summer. This is a time for you to just kind of keep keep that rhythm of what's going on. And, and also, you know, you can expect your children and, and gently teach them to clean up after themselves if they go get a snack, you know. When we take out the crackers, you know, you got to 
crunch up that bag and put it back in the cupboard, you know, just teaching them those life skills. This is a great opportunity to do that. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I would just like to re-emphasize as we finish this, do what works for your family. Mm -hmm. Please don't let our suggestions stress you out. If something that we said, you're like, what, I'm supposed to be doing that. Like, please don't consider these offerings that you can accept or not. And as I hope you heard from our, you know, bug spray conversation, there's, there's so many right ways to parent. So please don't let any of this make you more anxious about the summer. Yes. Yes. And, and that's, and that's the spirit. Like we want to, these wonderful things to think about in the summer, but also like, as you go into the summer with your kids, this is a great time in a hyper busy, hyper stressed kind of world for you to model a sense of ease for you to model a sense of relaxation. And we often don't feel like we've been taught for so long that we're only worthy and only deserving when we're actively doing and achieving and all of those things. And I invite you to really actively kind of fight against that programming and give yourself permission to, to have ease and to relax and to know that when you are relaxing and reading a novel, in your chaise lounge in the backyard, you're actually modeling. <laughs> this is my vision, right? Um, well, you <laughs> gently put bonbons in your mouth. <laughs> but you're modeling, you're modeling a way to enjoy life and to be at ease and have relaxation in life. And we really, really, especially in this world that's so go, go, go and so achievement oriented, it's important that you model and show your kids how to relax and have ease in life. You know, Hunter, there's actually this fantastic Zen saying that I think is really relevant to what you said. It's just two words, <laughs> just two words that I think we can leave our listeners with. Just this, whatever the awesome is, whatever the chaos is, whatever the total S show is, I'm not swearing. It's just this. That's all it is. So hopefully you can have a summer of just thisness. That is my wish for all of us. Yes, yes. Do what you're doing and be present for what you're doing, right? Uh, Let that planning mind relax sometimes so that you can just, we're always planning, then we get there, we're always in the future. You know, we, life is only available in the present moment. So allow yourself to be there and be there with enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. Amen, sister. Amen. Carla, this was great. I'm glad we got to talk. I appreciate you sharing your time with us as always, Carla. It's so nice to... I love talking with you and hopefully some of our listeners are enjoying it too, but really I just like talking with you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. We would do this anyway. We would just be hanging. All right. Thank you so much, Carla. Thanks a lot, Hunter. Have a great summer. (sighs) You're adorable. That's all I have to say about that. All right. Have you had your cup of coffee? Are you good? Yeah, I'm here. I'm legit. I'm loaded. Let's do this. That's cool. I actually have had my cup of coffee of the week. (laughs) What? That what? Okay, we're talking about that on the podcast. I don't even want to know what that's about. (laughs) Damn it, Hunter. I thought I knew you. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) You're going to tell me you're drinking kombucha or something. That would be so shocking. (laughs) I can't with you. I cannot. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Carla always cracks me up. I feel like, I hope you feel like you're kind of like hanging with us because that's how I feel. I kind of feel like you're part of like the chit chat hanging with me and Carla so I hope you feel like that too if you enjoyed the episode certainly share it please subscribe and leave a rating that makes a huge difference and if you have questions you're welcome to email me and I just want to let you know that I am have I'm working my book I'm typing and writing away and reading away and but I'm also have space for one or two one-on-one coaching clients and if you'd like to learn more about working with me just head over to mindfulmamaandmentor.com and you can apply for a free clarity session so that way we can get together and talk about that and take you from overwhelmed to feeling good feeling grounded and you know creating better relationships in your life that's really where We focus better relationship with you, better relationship with your kids, with your partner, and it can make all the difference in the world. So 
Just to let you know, coming up next week, we're going to be talking about how to go from a mindset of lack to, to, to a sense of abundance and to enjoyment. And then after that, we're going to be talking to Julie Lithcutt Haynes, uh, who wrote the book How to Raise an Adult. So cool. So that is coming up. And I hope to connect. Oh, and the other news is just to let you know, maybe we, I think we are looking at maybe a November. Mindful Mama Retreat in California, around the LA area. So if that interests you, definitely tag me over at Facebook or Twitter or email me and let me know that you're interested in that. You can reach out to me at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com. And I wish you a beautiful week. I wish you lots of joy, lots of peace, lots of ease, relaxation. I wish you time where you're just taking in the beauty around you having good, connected, positive relationships with your kids. I, I wish that all for you, my friend, and I hope this podcast has helped water those seeds for you. So talk to you soon. Namaste. Are you a mom who wants to feel less stressed and enjoy motherhood more? Do you want to be calmer with your kids and be more present for all of your life? I'm a mom who has gone from being stressed and yelling when my kids were young to be having a more grounded, more at ease relationship with life and having more enjoyable cooperative relationships with my kids. And I've shown hundreds and thousands of women around the world how to do this. And I want to show you how to do it too. So if you are currently feeling stuck or stagnant, this is definitely for you. I've created a free downloadable audible training, Mindfulness for Moms, the superpower you need. And it will show you how to respond rather than react, how to let go of stress and feel more grounded in seconds, how to have a smoother day today and become more present for your kids for a lifetime. To get on on this audio training absolutely free, simply visit the website www.mindfulmomguide.com. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly. Your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking